Welcome back to the New Mexico Rising podcast. This is your host, Amanda Aragon, Executive Director of New Mexico Kids Can. We have a really special episode for you today, although I really feel like I'm starting to say that at the beginning of every episode. But today, something that is a big deal for education in New Mexico happened, which was that the New Mexico Public Education Department released our statewide assessment results. What does that mean, you might be asking yourself? This is the state's annual measure on how many students are performing at grade level in reading, math, or as we call reading English language arts entirely. Usually we get more information about science as well, but we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, so today's the day that we find out, is: are we doing better? Are we doing worse in math and reading? And we're really exciting, excited to share those results with you. And we invited a special guest to join us last minute. So uh, this guest gets a ton of credit for answering our text early this morning to say like, hey, the results are out. Can you join us on the podcast to talk about them? But we also wanted to incorporate the perspective of someone at a school um, working with children every day in terms of what this data means to them. Our goal, as always, is to bring you the truth about what's happening in education. So we'll share with you what the data is saying, what that means. Um, and we'll also do our best to highlight some bright spots along the way. We don't have all the bright spots uncovered yet. We'll talk more about that later as well. Um, but there are some bright spots that we're excited to share with you today. A couple reminders. One, don't forget to check out our past episodes. This is the fifth episode in our second semester of our podcast. So we have quite a few episodes um, that we've previously recorded that we would love for you to go back to the feed and check out. And also, we would love to hear your feedback. The best way to do that is to rate and review our podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. That's the extent of my podcast platform knowledge. Um, so definitely, please rate and uh, review our podcast. Or if you're so inclined, you can share your feedback via email at rising at nmkidscan.org. Okay, let's get started. Our guest today is Kelsey McCaffrey. Kelsey was born and raised in Northern California. She completed her undergraduate degree at Santa Rosa Junior College before transferring to California State University, Chico. At Chico State, Ms. McCaffrey was active in her language studies and became involved in extracurriculars, including the debate team and Model UN. She started her career in education as a kindergarten teacher at Albuquerque Collegiate through the Teach for America program while also working towards her TESOL endorsement to work with English learners. In her first year of teaching, Ms. McCaffrey achieved significant academic growth with her students before the school year was interrupted by COVID-19. Yes, Kelsey's first year in the classroom was our COVID year. In 2020, Ms. McCaffrey became active in education policy as the Albuquerque Collegiate Teacher Liaison to the Public Education Department. The following year, she grew in her leadership and joined the ACCS leadership team and took on the role of intervention teacher and coach, where she coached new teachers on the best teaching strategies in the nation. In 2021, Ms. McCaffrey was accepted into Teach Plus as a policy fellow and used her teacher voice to advocate for policy, positive policy change for New Mexico students. Ms. McCaffrey is working towards her master's in educational studies and leadership at Johns Hopkins University and currently works at Albuquerque Collegiate as the elementary principal in residence. Kelsey, welcome to New Mexico Rising. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Um, okay, let's just jump right in. I talked a little bit about like your experience and your education experience mm -hmm. here in New Mexico, but would love to just have you voice over. Like, what's that been like? 
tell us about your journey mm-hmm. in schools in New Mexico. Yeah. So I came to Albuquerque, New Mexico with Teach for America, like Amanda said. And what was supposed to be a two-year commitment at this little school in a shopping center has turned into a lifelong career and just focus for me. Um, I think I knew it after my first year is I, this was a place for me. Um, New Mexico provides such a unique amount of students and need that it feels very urgent here rather than coming from somewhere like California that feels very big. New Mexico has this very small feel to it. And there was something that drew me to want to stay and create a really big difference for the kids here. Um, Being located in South Valley, there's a lot of challenges that we have with our students. And it has also been one of the most unique and rewarding opportunities that I've ever had. And it becomes very hard to want to even think about doing anything else. I think with my policy work, working in the classroom, and now being a principal, like just seeing every facet of it has just given me more urgency that when I wake up in the morning, it doesn't just feel like a desk job. It feels like an accomplishment that I need to go to work and do something. And there's something about that that just intrinsically motivates me to get up, get in your car, get it done. And you're, you guys are certainly getting it done at Albuquerque <laughs> Collegiate, which we'll talk about here shortly. Yes. So let's jump into the statewide data. I'll do a quick review for our listeners of like where we are, and then would love to hear um, how things are going at Albuquerque Collegiate mm-hmm. in terms of that statewide data, and and just like what a day like today means for school leaders. Like, mm-hmm. what are they looking at? How are they thinking about it? Mm-hmm. So uh, for our listeners who have been now anxiously waiting. Um, our statewide English language arts proficiency rate is 38%. So, well, a little over one in three students reading on grade level. Mm-hmm. Um, our growth in reading, as reported by the Public Education Department, is four percentage points increase, which is a notable increase. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the past, it's been rare that we've gotten four percentage point increase. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a bright spot to make progress in reading. Um, we can talk a lot about this, but I think mm-hmm. we're hoping that a lot of that is the result of the things that we've been advocating for, that structured literacy-based mm-hmm. instruction in every school, letters training for teachers, really making sure that we're teaching kids the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we hope to see that progress continue. Uh, our math proficiency is a little bit grimmer of a story. So less than one in four kids is proficient in math. Mm. Our statewide uh, proficiency rate as being reported by the public education department is 24%. Um, Last year was reported as 24% as well. Um, So Mm -hmm. as the state's reporting this, it's flat, 0% growth Mm -hmm. in, um, in math. I think there's some, there's some uh, data questions that I think you and I have, so we can get to those shortly, but I'll just pause there. So Mm -hmm. um, reading results, 38% 38% students proficient, mm-hmm. uh, and then math, 24%. What, just, what's your reaction? <laughs> there's a bit of me that has a slight pause of, like, there's a little celebration right That 4% is not losing ground. It is gaining ground, and it's not enough. I think New Mexico students deserve and need more than that. Um, us as educators need to own that number and see it. Um there's nothing about that that makes me want to celebrate. I know that there's an increase, but there's more drive behind that of like, okay, we put all these things in, structured literacy, all of our trainings around letters and items like that. 
that I am like anxiously waiting and really excited to see. And so part of me is, and we'll, we'll talk about kind of younger elementary, but there's urgency around this. Like we shouldn't be happy with these results. We should continue to charge forward on them. And I think math is a whole other story of that is the true urgency of what happened during right. that year, a no increase. Right. And I think this is an important place to pause mm-hmm. to get on the Amanda soapbox, which I love so much. <laughs> get on it. The data comparisons, people have heard us now compare last year to this year. Mm-hmm. That's as far back as we can go. Yeah. So as I've been on the phone with people today in meetings with people, they've said, well, Amanda, what does this mean pre-COVID? And unfortunately, I have to tell them I have no idea. Mm-hmm. We have no idea because this data is a new test. Mm-hmm. NAMASA is a fairly new test. Mm-hmm. Pre-COVID, we were taking a different test, mm-hmm. Park, later Tamala, which I think cats out of the bag at this point, we can all admit. Tamala was park. We just called it something different. Um, but that data, those data sets aren't the same, right. and we can't compare them. So whether or not we've made up lost learning from COVID, no idea. Don't know. Um, where we compare pre-COVID to post-COVID, like we have no idea, which mm-hmm. is a huge, I want to say bummer, but it's actually bigger than a bummer. It's a huge disservice yes. to our schools, students, teachers, educators, because we don't know where we're working That's from. the word, is disservice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our our baseline is 2022, mm-hmm. and that's just the reality. It's unacceptable. Right. And I guess I should have said that for our listeners, too. This data is from the spring assessment window earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So 2023, spring of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, so... When was the assessment window for you guys? Do you remember? Probably like April, May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything was done by May. For K2, we were doing I-Station up until May. But right. I think our third through fifth graders were done like end of April. So, and I just, I also want to like s- sign on to your comments, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. this is a struggle that I think um, I feel that the team at New Mexico Kids fan has, uh, can has been struggling with all day, which is like, yay, Growth mm-hmm. and oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like every time I look at the statewide data, it's a gut punch. And then to make matters worse, I saw that Hawaii released their data today. Mm-hmm. And so I went to look at it because a colleague of ours was lamenting their data. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they're 50% proficiency in math. Uh, sorry, 40% in math, I think, 50% in reading. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. What's yeah. that like? Yeah. And Can't relate. they've consistently had the same assessment for like the last eight years. Mm. So they know where they were pre-COVID and post-COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm so jealous. One of your just overall proficiency mm-hmm. and also your ability to compare over long periods of time, which we, we just don't have. don't have. Yeah. So anyway, you that was a little bit of your like reaction. Mm-hmm. What is like, what's the, what happens in a school? On data release day. Mm-hmm. You guys saw this data earlier. Yeah, we did. Um, so I don't know. Just like, what was your day like? <laughs> but, you know, we were just talking about post-Halloween, kind of the blues. But when data like this is released, I think you go one or two ways. You either have this great, like, sigh of relief. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is great for us. Um, it makes me upset of, like, great. Our kids in this building that I see every single day, I'm really proud of them. I'm excited for them. Our results are what we promised our families they would be and students that are not in this building. And it makes me upset that they don't have those same opportunities and that the education that they were promised and told that they would have 
is not being reflected in that data results. And so we take it with a bit of grain of salt, like, yay, we feel good about it. It feels good to say things like we are twice the state's proficiency scores. That is huge to be able to say to our families. If you are bringing your scholar into this little shopping center, dropping them off next to Family Dollar, but your scholar is leaving with that same data of twice as many kids are proficient as the state, that feels good. And it makes me just upset. And again, it's that urgency where, okay, what are we? what can we do? then if we have these results and we feel like we have this idea of like this is what we've got how do we continue to push that and I feel like shaking people like you aren't listening this is urgent this really feels urgent um today felt like a celebration a bit I will say that it felt good in a way for us to celebrate that data we are big on data with our kids so to be able to share um, that with them eventually about how they did is really transparent for our kids too about you all worked really hard for this that's awesome. Do you mm-hmm. want to share a little bit? I know you said ACCS is twice the state average. Mm-hmm. So do you want to share a little bit more about what you guys accomplished in terms of literacy results? Yeah. So for K through two, they take iStation and we made the decision to test them every single month just to have that longer term of understanding proficiency. Um, overall, we were 70% proficient, which I believe the state is reporting, gosh, 30, overall 20, 28%. And we're about See, that's 70. a number you guys have that we don't have yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's a big one. That's a huge difference. Um, some of our classes were more than that. Like our second grade class stands out as being 72. Our first grade was 76. Like that's a, that's astounding yeah. to be able to say and share with families that close to 75, almost 80% of the class was proficient in this area. And that feels really good to say because it's a promise to our families that mm-hmm. when you drop your kid off at this building, we are promising them a world-class education. And we take we don't take that lightly. It is both an immense weight, but also a privilege. Like I feel that weight daily of we have to be working every minute, every second to make sure we're meeting that commitment. And what is it what is it do you think or know that you guys are doing at Albuquerque Collegiate that's helping you get those incredible reading proficiency rates? Yeah, I think Data driven is one of them. That data drives our actions. Um, we've had visitors that say things like, "Oh, I can't believe you know every student's name." Like, not only do I know their name, I know what they're on on I Station right now, and that is very big for us as a school to have open-ended conversations. And we've been pushed back about that. About why are you having those conversations with kindergartners about their I Station scores? And my challenge to that, and our challenge to that as a school is. College starts with kindergarten. As a kindergartner, you have to be instilling those ideas. And when you phrase it in the way of growth, which it always should be as, you can create that positive mindset for them, that they are taking a lot of that ownership of their academics, and we can work with them as a partner to do that. Um, I think, would you mind sharing with the listeners a little bit about like how those conversations sound with a kindergartner? Because I imagine there might be someone listening that's like, that sounds intense. Mm -hmm. But I've been in the school and heard some of these conversations mm-hmm. and they're not intense. Mm-mm. Like the beauty of them is that they're not intense. They mm-hmm. are not intense for you guys. They're not intense for the student. It's just, it's part of the culture. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you can kind of talk through that, but I would love for our listeners to better understand what that sounds like. Yeah. And I started as a kindergarten teacher and at the face of it, I thought the exact same thing. Like, what do you mean I'm supposed to talk with my kids about data like and their results and that is how it started you we'd bring the computer over with them we'd show them like very kid-friendly visual graphs that iStation produces which has been a great growth for them this year to be able to show that growth 
but to show them, here's where you started. Look at where you grew. What did you do to be able to do that? Have them explain, oh, well, I was able to, I really practiced my letter names. Like, that's fantastic. I'm really proud of you. Okay, what is your goal for next time? I see right here is an area we can work on. Do you know what that is? Explaining it to them. And so they can guide that goal. Like, well, okay, I'm going to work really hard on spelling this time. Like, great. What can I do to help you support in that? How do you feel confident in that? And it is mainly about those skills, right? We want our students to feel confident that they can grow, that it's not just, here's your score, do better. And instead it is, I'm really proud of you. Like you grew in this every single time you can find a point of growth for a student. And that's something we push for all of our teachers is they do what we call a glow and a grow. So they'll say the glow for the student, what they did, fantastic. And then what's your grow area? Not your change, not your negative. What's your grow area for yeah. next time? I love that. And it actually reminds me, I really struggled with trig in high school. Mm -hmm. Like I think the first nine weeks, I was probably failing. It was so hard for me. It was so hard. And I would just sit with my teacher every day after class and be like, I'm not like something is not clicking and he would sit and we would talk about mm. and I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember he was like very clear of like this part of what we're working through you're struggling with. And as soon as that clicks, you'll be fine. And sure enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about what if every kid had that skill, right? In mm -hmm. middle school, in high school, in late elementary, in college to say like, hey, I can feel my struggle here. And how do I have productive conversations with the adults around me mm -hmm. um, to help get what I need to be successful and to grow in the ways that I want to grow, to master the content, whether it's math, English, language, arts, art. Mm -hmm. I struggled the same way in art class, but <laughs> that's a different it's conversation. Life right. And it, that's, it's life changing. And I think that's my biggest critique about New Mexico when I work with Teach Plus or I meet with other leaders is there's all of this almost shame around data. And I think we need to just remove that whole idea, like let go of the shame because we have to talk about this. And it's the same with kids. Oftentimes there's shame about mm -hmm. their results, about not being good enough or not understanding it. And often we push for taking off that shame and just coming in that wholehearted conversation and rephrasing it. Um, and that reframing, man, if that happens when you're five or six years old, you're not going to have trouble talking with your teacher in high school or college when things come up. And that's our whole like long-term investment with a lot of our students. Some of the data we got from the state today um, highlights like both the highest performing and the f district that made the most growth. This is district and we could go on a whole different mm -hmm. tangent about how Albuquerque Collegiate is a state authorized charter school. So technically you guys are your own district. Mm -hmm. Um but these were like the 89 school districts. Mm -hmm. And so just want to shout out Roy, uh, who mm -hmm. came in as a district um, mm -hmm. at 78.9% reading proficiency. Wow. I know. Great job, Roy. Yeah. And then Powake, which I think is just like this, I think, is the best data point mm -hmm. of the whole day, which is Powake increased their reading proficiency by 26.7 percentage points. That's phenomenal. That's like... That's game changing. And Powake, I do know, has been really intense about their shift to structured literacy. Mm, so for me, is. it's like a beautiful story about like what what is possible mm -hmm. um, and want to shout out Powake. So that's reading. In math, our highest performing district is Los Alamos, 61% mm. proficient uh, for Los Alamos. Um, and then the highest performing in terms of growth was actually Vaughn. So anyone that's ever driven from 
uh, Albuquerque or Santa Fe to Roswell, mm-hmm. you drive through Vaughn, um, a little district, and they improved 13.2 percentage points in math. That's awesome. So great job That's to Vaughn, Pauake, Los Alamos, and Roy. Yeah. Talk about game changing. Right? And yeah. we need that. Like. Mm-hmm. That's part of the platform of New Mexico Rising. I I didn't say it in the opening today, but I usually do say it, right? Which is New Mexico Rising is to like show the good things because yes, the statewide, we've got some problems Mm -hmm. and I'm very unabashed about that. You're very unabashed about that. We are, we got to look the problem in the face Mm -hmm. and we've, we are figuring this out in a lot of places. So it's not impossible. It's totally possible. Mm-hmm. Um, a district, now we know, a district can make 24 percentage point growth in one year. Yes. A district can reach 78.9% reading proficiency. Mm-hmm. So now that we know those things are possible, every person across the state should be saying, like, cool, when are we doing it in my school, in my district? Right. For when my is it child? our turn? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, we talked a little bit about how you guys are getting that literacy result, mm-hmm. those literacy results. You guys have been using structured literacy best practice for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think some of your staff has been through letters training. Mm-hmm. Um, and my understanding is you guys like came back from it and were like, cool, yeah, we do this. Yes. So will you share a little bit about that experience too? Because I think there's mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge a lot of teachers, unfortunately, across the state are going to that training and coming back and like, whoa, yeah, I didn't know any of this. Uh-huh. You guys were a little different. Why were you different? Mm-hmm. And like, how do you think that's impacted your literacy scores? Yeah. And that's how I was brought up as a teacher. Like a very young teacher was, this is the way you're supposed to do it. And as a new teacher, like, okay, cool. And you just go and do it. And as I talked with teachers about it, even in 2019, there was no, there wasn't as much awareness about structured literacy. In the last two years, we've seen it explode of like, Teachers, you need to look at, you know, best practices, challenger districts, those kinds of things of we need to have best practices in classrooms. And I think one of the biggest motivating factors was our executive director looking at when she researched schools, she was looking at the best practices. And instead of coming up with this idea of like, let's reinvent the wheel, let's make our own thing. So no, let's like we are not going to reinvent the wheel. What works works. And I think oftentimes as educators, we're trying to think, okay, what is the new curriculum? What is the new thing? And often just bringing it back to this is what works. What's working. Yes. And when we talk about structured literacy and we looked at the letters training and kind of early, early literacy and all of the different facets there, it really can change in a child's whole trajectory if you can get them in those first three years of reading, decoding, all of those things. Right. Um, I think that's like spot on in terms of let's do what works. And it reminds me of why this data is so important. I think some of our listeners might be thinking, who cares? Like, is this data really that important? Mm -hmm. And I would say it matters for individual children. Mm -hmm. It matters for school leaders like you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also matters for all of us to say like, well, what is working? This data tells us, hey, what's this? It doesn't tell us what's working, but it tells us where progress is being made in Mm -hmm. a way that we should be able to pick up a phone and call a superintendent and say, like, what are you doing Yes, in Roy to get these results? Yes. What are you doing in Los Alamos to get these results? What are you doing in Pauake? What are you doing in, oh, gosh, Vaughn, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Let's find out what those things are. Part of the reason you're on the podcast today, like, what's Mm -hmm. ACCS doing? Mm -hmm. So that we can share those people with whoever's listening to this podcast, whoever subscribes to our emails Mm -hmm. to say, like, hey, your school, they should do this. They should look into this. They should 
we all could learn from best practice, whether that's nationally or locally, but this data helps us figure out where those best practices are locally. Mm -hmm. Right. And then see whether or not the things we're doing are yielding results, the Mm -hmm. results that we want to see, which I think is helpful for legislators and and other people. Mm -hmm. So there's also some, um, I think, well, I'll say frustrations. And That's a nice maybe a better way to say it is like gaps yeah. in in what we got today. Yeah. Um one at this point as we're recording and usually we don't like date these, but I think mm-hmm. it's important for the context of when people are listening. Mm-hmm. So today is the day after Halloween, it's November 1st. Mm-hmm. Data was released this morning. Mm-hmm. Um this podcast will release tomorrow mm-hmm. on November 2nd. So as of right now, this afternoon, we I don't know whether or not what data is included in the data that was released. And I say that to say, so depending on how long you've had educational experience in New Mexico, this was certainly before your time, mm-hmm. Kelsey. Um, New Mexico used to use an assessment called PARC, mm-hmm. later Tamala, and we used to assess on the state assessment, which we'll talk about I station shortly, Mm -hmm. but on the statewide assessment, we used to assess grades three through 11. So we had a data point for every student in grades three through 11 annually. When we switched from park and adopted NAMASA, Mm -hmm. we decided to cut back to just the federal requirements, which is grades three through eight Mm -hmm. annually and once in high school. Mm -hmm. So now we assess every junior, Mm -hmm. every 11th grader using the SAT. Hmm. So last year when statewide results were released, it the proficiency rates included both NAMASA, mm-hmm. the 3 through 8 exam, and SAT. Hmm. And I'm unclear at this point in time whether or not today's proficiency results include SAT or not. Hmm. So if we want to compare, you got to use the same data sets, right? So That's, yep. Basics. Even though we're saying 4% increase, I don't I just want to say, I don't know that it's accurate Mm -hmm. because I don't know if we're comparing apples to apples or apples to cranberries. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think we're probably up in reading. I don't Mm want to just diminish that. Mm -hmm. We might, we could even be up more than four. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what the SAT data is. And that's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Likewise, a school like yours that has grades K-5 mm-hmm. is assessing grades 3, 4, and 5 mm-hmm. on NAMASA mm-hmm. and assessing, and this is a state requirement, every kindergarten, first, and second grader yep. takes I-station beginning of year, middle of year, end of year. Yep. Those results, the I-station results are usually reported as early literacy results. Right. Not reported today. Nope. So we have no idea how the state's doing in early literacy, exactly. although you did preview a little bit of data for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were I'm grateful that you were willing to share ACCS's data. Yeah. But I have no idea how the state's doing on early literacy. Yeah. Which for a state that's focused on literacy is very frustrating. Yeah. So the data that we know we got for sure today is the NAMASA data. Mm-hmm. That's only half of the kids in the state mm-hmm. because it's missing K2. Yep. And it's missing freshmen, sophomores, and seniors. Yep. And that's just really frustrating to me. It's incredibly frustrating. It was a frustrating day, I think. 
I we were you referenced the op-ed that I wrote, and this has been it's felt like a fight we didn't need to fight, where we're sitting there going, "What do you mean you don't have K two data?" And like you said, we're a K through five elementary. That's half of our kids. And if I'm trying to tell a prospective parent about our data or share that, they deserve to know that. If you have a kindergarten or first grade student looking for a school in even traditional or charter schools, you deserve to know that. And what I talked about in our op-ed is this idea of even celebrating it. Of we do, we have a lot of pride in that, and we don't get to even celebrate that with our families. And it feels like for New Mexico saying we have, this is the year of literacy, um, let's do letters training, let's do and focus all of this energy into early literacy, and then not report the scores, feels really contradictory to me. Uh, I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's a challenge because it's gotten so much investment from the legislature. Mm-hmm. It's probably been the place that the legislature has been the most interested in making policy change which Mm -hmm. we applaud them for Mm -hmm. senator stewart gets a ton of credit she started this in Mm -hmm. 2019 Mm -hmm. and so just like that it's not worthy of a statewide release that we're not talking about the districts that grew the most in early literacy the districts that have the highest early literacy rate like it's a huge part of our story and it's the foundation of those math and english language arts skills in three through eight and on the sat so if we're not addressing the foundation, what are we doing? Exactly. And then on the other end, if we're not looking at the one snapshot we have for high school students. Mm-hmm. So if you're a high school today, what did you learn right. from today's release? Not a Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. That has to be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Um, I know I'm frustrated by it. And then the other thing I want to flag for people is we also don't have science data. Right. Science data is also usually released when we get math and ELA, but, like, not a word about Mm -mm. the science data today. It feels... It feels scattered. It feels vague. It feels gappy. Like you said, there's gaps in it. Oh, I think I'm going to use that. (laughs) I won't put it in our (laughs) press release today, but gappy might be my new... Gappy. Someone says, like, how are you feeling today, man? I'm going to be like, gappy. Definitely gappy. Especially for a state that has two national laboratories. Yes. Right? Like, science, science. is really important to the state of New Mexico. Yeah. Um, so I just, I I say this both, I hope it's received as, like, a critical friend. We are very excited like that the that. statewide data came out today. Critical friend. And we are eagerly awaiting some clarifications about what that data is mm-hmm. and the additional data of early literacy mm-hmm. and science. And I know the PED, like this is a focus. This is, they feel urgency. It doesn't feel like it's enemies on this. It's, this is a like, let's advocate for kids kind of thing. And I know and hope and am excited for when they fix this and eventually come up with this. Kind of like, yeah, you know, we messed up. We missed a lot of data on this. And I know that they center students and kind of their why of, they have to as a state. And I know that they have that same urgency. So I'm excited for when they can fix it. I, I agree. I think that's such a great comment to add, which is everyone at the public education department cares about improving student outcomes right. for kids. Secretary Romero has been on this podcast and talk, talked about mm-hmm. data and improving student outcomes. And we know that he's committed to that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's been a tumultuous time at the PED for yeah. the last few years. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe we should have expected a little bit of this. Yeah. It's just 
and it's like frustrating. Both, right, and it's both ends. Like we recognize, like, hey, you inherited this team, you're working forward, and taking this job is part of your responsibility. Yep. And I'm ready and like excited for you to like step up and do that. And that's kind of what I felt like this morning is like I'm really excited because I know he shares those values. I know that in general a lot of people do. Yep. Yeah. Totally. So um, I think I just am so grateful that you were willing to come on today. <laughs> Any other thoughts about just today, the results as a whole, mm-hmm. how we move forward? I think the biggest thing that if like, anyone listening to this, I want them to take away that this data, like as much as we're obsessed with it about administrators, the school leaders, really the root of this is students and families, is students and families deserve to do this. We are going to take our data in the psycho people we are and analyze it and come up with plans and whatnot. But families deserve this. Our students deserve it. And I think that like centers us back in like, why? Why? Who are we fighting for? Why are we doing this? And it's it's students and families at the end of the day. A couple of notes on that. One, if you're a parent and you're listening and you're saying, well, I never got my kids statewide mm-hmm. assessment data. That is available to you. That is available. Every principal has access to your child's data. You should call Ask your teacher <laughs> tomorrow, your child's teacher tomorrow, principal, and say like, hey, where are my kids' results? Mm-hmm. That's number one. But also number two, it is about students and families. Mm-hmm. I think you and I both share a specific urgency around early literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because I think we both know that if you're not on grade level by third grade, there's some challenges coming towards you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share any of the statistics that we know about Gosh, what yeah. happens and if a child isn't proficient by the end of third yeah. grade? And it's something crazy of if a child is not reading on grade level by third grade, it's something like three or four times as four likely. Times. Yeah, four times as likely to drop out of high school. And that number is close to double for students of color. And so if you are not proficient by third grade, you already have the odds stacked against you. So it's like a kindergarten teacher, man, I carried that weight every day. And you feel it and you should and take it as almost like you have this privilege too to be able to like teaching kids to read is magic. I will say that there's a beauty in that. I always say teaching kindergarten is magic when you teach kids things for the first time. So it's both. It can be magic. It can be exciting and it can be urgent. And I think even important to know at schools like Albuquerque Collegiate that are top of the pack, Mm-hmm. I doubt that today you guys were like, oh, we did it. We're good. <laughs> we're done here. Oh, we're never Can done. you talk about like your continuous improvement mm-hmm. kind of uh, dynamic at the school? Yeah. it's And that's the whole idea is we're never done. And we are never done growing as teachers, growing as students. There is not like a, well, you're proficient in ice station. Like, don't have to worry about you anymore. Like, it's all of it is about finding those next steps, too. And that's with staff, teachers, like everything that we work with is telling families how to continue their growth with their students, telling students how they're going to continue their growth. But we keep data, again, at the center. And because we look at it so routinely, it just is like another day at the office of like, okay, show up, let's look at the data, let's come up with action steps. Let's keep, like, we always say keeping our foot on the gas. And during these big testing months, November is a really big one. We have our foot on the gas right now. We are like top peak of the way we should be operating because we have that urgency. And those data conversations that are going to be happening in November, like we feel excited for of just like, yeah, we've been having these conversations since August with families too. We're ready. We are ready. Okay. So before we transition to kind of our lightning round questions, Mm -hmm. where can people read your op-ed? 
And where can they learn more about the great work happening at Albuquerque Collegiate? Oh, you can find us on social medias. Our Facebook has so many cute little pictures on there of just the work that's happening inside the building, our shout outs and things. But our, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Albuquerque Collegiate. Um, I have a website, same thing. Um, my op-ed is available, New Mexico Kids Can, where you have it on um, NM Education. NM Education. And that is available. Additionally, on that, Teach Plus is doing a lot of great work around that as well. Um, as we're continuing to kind of meet the legislator and senator where they're at, of like, how can we make this system um, efficient and better on NM Vistas? Love it. And then will you share a little bit more about Albuquerque Collegiate for anyone that's interested? Like, what type of school is it? Where oh, is yeah. it located? We are located, yeah, we're between Bridge and Goff in South Valley of Albuquerque. We are a K through five elementary school. K through two is co-taught. So there are two teachers in every classroom for a low student to teacher ratio. Um, three through four or three through five is content focused. So each teacher has a content focus, ELA, math, and our science writing. So students will rotate between those teachers. So they get a really hands-on um, experience less lecture style in way more small groups intervention focus it's a very small building feel which I still really love um, and that's our main focus is our whole idea is the path to college starts in kindergarten and that that conversation and that rigor starts there um, something I think we embody as a school is that balance of joy and rigor when you walk into our building it feels joyful and exciting and all of those things and it is highly rigorous too and I think we do a really good job of balancing both those things I would agree and you guys are a public charter school so free tuition open to everyone but you got to go through the lottery yes because you don't have enough space Mm -hmm. for all the kids (laughs) yeah yeah so uh when does the lottery open up for anyone that's listening that's like I might want to send my kid to Albuquerque Collegiate yeah in the spring and often we have families reach out even now saying can I put my name on a waiting list and so truly like the interest does not stop if families are interested we have we're starting that wait list already for parents that are interested um January is going to be the best time to start that re-enrollment process and getting your kid on that list Awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go to rapid fire. Let's do it. Who was your favorite teacher? Mr. Langley. Easy. He was my first grade and sixth grade teacher. Oh, wow. Which was, yeah. And like the only male teacher I ever had, he was the embodiment of rigor and joy. And looking back on it, I was like, man, he was such a hard teacher. Like he was a great teacher. Everyone loved him. And we are now friends on Facebook and he is like retired and gets to see me through this journey of being coming a principal and things like that. And just hearing his perspective on things nowadays, he was that teacher that would have those conversations with every kid. Like, oh man, he just cared. And that was the biggest thing that was communicated of he cared about every single one of his kids. And it helped me through when I changed schools and had rough times. He was He's someone I think about as I want to be him when I'm in the classroom that holds the bar high, has the joy, and really cared for every kid and had a, a really special relationship with every single one of them. Love it. Um, what is your favorite restaurant in Albuquerque? Ugh, I can't get over um, – Los Poblanos is mm. my favorite, just the entire vibe. It was one of the first places I went to when I moved here. Um, I love lavender. You get the view of the mountains. It feels very, like, poshy, um, which is a nice, like, ooh, I'm here at this, like, farm-to-table kind of thing. Obsessed with it. Love it. Um, what – tell us about something that you're watching, reading, or listening to. So I, I was sharing this with Amanda before we started. October can be a really rough month for educators. There's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, it's like the <sighs> – Yeah. It's like you're almost a Thanksgiving break. Mm-hmm. And if you can make it there, 
you'll survive. You're so, exactly. You just made it through Spirit Week, Halloween, <laughs> all of it. It's a lot. Um, so it could feel very hard. Um, so I often find myself going back to Brene Brown and a few different books, like Lead from her is one that I constantly reread. Um, and that's one I've really centered myself in is Lead from Brene Brown, actually. And then what is your hope for education in New Mexico? My hope for New Mexico education is, and I'll go back to my comment about data and removing this idea of shamefulness. I cannot tell you how many people I've talked to in the last five years that don't understand their data, don't know how to use their data, are shameful about their data. Learning, once they've learned structured literacy, they feel like, oh my God, I've been teaching wrong for 10 years. And there's this shame around it. And I think as a state, seeing a shift like that of, okay, let's shed the shame Let's let it go. Let's come become, let's be focused. Let's create an action plan because I think we get so stuck in not wanting to talk about our data and results. So my hope and my future is once we can talk about data and really talk about some of those game changing results and like, what are, what are you all doing? And having less of working in silos and communicating with one another. I think that's going to change kind of the future we see for education. That's beautiful. Thank, thank you. you for sharing that. Thanks. And thank you so much, truly. <laughs> It's it was quite an ask to give you zero time. I gotcha. No prep. <laughs> no plan. I'm passionate um, about it. And here we are. And here I thought it was great. I really appreciated the conversation today. And I'm so grateful you joined us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So as our listeners know, at the end of each episode, we highlight any relevant education news that we think you need to know. I think today's episode was all relevant education news Agreed. that you need to know. So you can find um, one, the Albuquerque Journal has a story up. Um, Esteban did a great job covering today's release. We'll have a story up. Our journalist at New Mexico Education um, will have a story up later this evening. So if you're looking for that, go to those two places. And then in the coming week, New Mexico Kids Can will try and make this data, take it from spreadsheets to make it accessible. So keep an eye out on the NM Kids Can website, blog, social media. We're going to try and get this data to you in a way that's easy to understand. Um, you also may have missed that graduation rates were released last week, and you might have missed it because literally it wasn't talked about at all. Um, we have a story up on nmeducation.org, but aside from that, um, it was kind of quietly released uh, without a lot of fanfare. So the New Mexico graduation rate for the class of 2022. So I think sometimes people might listen and think, oh, this is the class that graduated in May. No, this is the class that graduated 16 months ago mm. or maybe longer than that. So May of 2022, our graduation rate was 60, sorry, 76%, mm. which is down slightly from the 76.8% of mm. students that graduated mm. in 2021. So about a 0.8 uh decrease mm -hmm. we have um some information about that that will be up on our blog soon as well but check out the nm education story to catch what you missed on graduation rates and to see a chart about how your school district performed on graduation you can find kelsey's op-ed about the nm vista site and early literacy results on nmeducation.org i guess this is just a big commercial for nmeducation.org it really today That's and fine. it deserves it and then uh, a new op-ed that we just published yesterday. Uh, two students from Cottonwood Classical wrote a op-ed about their experience in charter schools. And they're two students with two very different backgrounds. 
um, different journeys through the educational system before they got to Cottonwood Class School. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage everyone to head over to nmeducation.org and read the work of these two brilliant New Mexico students. Amazing. So that's a wrap on our fifth episode of Semester 2 of the New Mexico Rising podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You've heard me say it once. You'll hear me say it a thousand times. This information is so important. Please consider sharing especially this episode with friends, colleagues, family, dog walkers, doctors, whoever you know. Like we really, I just, people need to know what the performance of our schools is and it's half of our state budget Mm -hmm. this is a big deal this is a big day and it deserves a lot more discussion a lot more fanfare a lot more celebration for the bright spots a lot more tough conversations about the places that we're not getting it done and those conversations only happen if people have access to the information so please consider sharing either this podcast or any of our social media kind of summaries of the results in the coming days with your friends and colleagues we really appreciate it don't forget to follow us on social media at NMKidsCan to catch all the latest education news and to hear about continued opportunities to use your voice to create change. And lastly, please don't forget to rate the podcast, this episode, and any of our other episodes. Thanks so much, and we will talk to you soon.